amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Now, you know I love somebody who goes deep diving on reality shows, so I'm really excited about this bonus podcast episode because it's a crossover episode with the hosts of Kardashian It, All Things Kardashian. So comedians Jessica Jardine and Marcy Giroux, they are obsessed with keeping up with Kardashians, and they like to spend an episode each week sort of breaking down that week's episode. And I came across their podcast about a year ago, soon after they launched. And I love listening to them because they like to look at things from a totally, a total cultural perspective as they watch the episode unfold. And they're arguably probably one of the Kardashians' biggest fans. So we sort of deep dive on the season finale this week, which covers a girl's trip to San Francisco, Chloe revealing the sex of her baby, and Scott not respecting Courtney's boundaries. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this bonus podcast episode. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. First, I have to ask you guys about the genesis of Cardition at Podcast, which I love. So tell me about how you started it. Um, well, we started with our lovely friend, Jess. Jessica came to Trish and I with this idea because we love talking about the Kardashians over group text. And so Jess, it was your idea, right? Like, I will happily take credit. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, the three of us had gotten into a groove of really... Uh, texting almost like obsessively about them. We had all gotten really nuts when um, Kim Kardashian put out this like weird little app game. Uh, ho- what was it? Kim Hall- Kardashian, Kardashian Hollywood. Hollywood. And we just went like felt, went down the rabbit hole. And like you buy outfits and you go on like trips and it's like very silly Kardashian stuff. And we just like I think it was like a safe space where we could admit that we were like spending a lot of time and in some cases money on it uh and then yeah that's just to me like we we started to just use it as this place that we were talking a lot about them but in regard to like pop culture and feminism and a lot that we just had wanted to talk about and I think to me I was just like you know I don't understand why the more people aren't talking about a family that essentially sits at the center of all things pop culture like we talk about them constantly but there's, it's in this sort of like narrow framework. And to us, I think it was the feeling of like, this really touches everything from TV to fashion to sports to music. Like they are at the center of everything. And whether you love them or hate them, there's just a lot to say. Also, like we are decidedly not haters. Yeah. We are cheerleaders of these women. <laughs> we, <laughs> we love, love everything they do. So that was it. It was just a thought of like, uh, what if we spent, you know, a, probably way too much time talking about a, a family that seems to be like consistently interesting, but trying to really put it through the lens of like feminism and pop culture and things that we just like talking about. Yeah, so that was it. 
So what are the, tell me one thing that you really love and admire about them. And then tell me one thing that drives you bananas about them. They are such a tight family uh, and they really go hard for each other. And I just think that's really nice. And what I hate about them is they are very unapologetic when they step into the wrong zone. Like when they are culturally appropriating, they will not apologize and they really should but they don't apologize because they know they're not ready to stop. Mm-hmm. I like those. Jess, what do you think? Um, my first one is probably very similar. I think it's kind of more like adjacent to yours. Um, I think that it's like rarely talked about how, how like that is a powerful matriarchal family um, and literally inside each of their family units. Uh, but particularly with like Chris as the family matriarch, and especially as the show has continued, like literally in the in the open the the opening like credits now, there's no men, and I think that that is something that like is not represented on a lot of television, especially reality TV, um, in terms of like family structure. And so I think that it just shows like powerful women who uh, run their own businesses and run their families, and I, I think that's probably my favorite thing women in power and not about the men in their lives. Yeah. That their power is derived from their singular pursuits and their families and that they are just really like driving it. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing I hate sometimes, I don't know if this will come out right. The thing I hate sometimes is that they are easily hateable in a certain sense. And that is frustrating to me. I think that like there is this like veneer on them that is very like, consumerist driven and like can just feel thin and crass and promoting like a lot of just sort of like inane unnecessary bullshit and I think it ends up making them look a lot like smaller um, than they are and less important than they are so I don't know if that makes sense but I just think I wish that they like um, were a little a little more likable to a lot more people because <laughs> I think um, from my perspective I'm like they're so interesting and great they're fascinating I appreciate, I, who did I say this to last night? Gosh. Oh, I think I said to my husband the other day. I said, I, I understand why people get frustrated with them. But as somebody who works tirelessly to market, you know, the show that I create or what I write, I have enormous respect for how they've developed a career out of marketing themselves. People have no idea how hard it is to market a product or a service or themselves until they're in that game. So I yeah. am always really impressed with the way that they've been able to craft that. I am impressed with the way that they are often incredibly honest about aspects of their life because I'm someone who chooses to live that, my life that way. Um, because I think it helps people relate to you. And I just feel like it, it, it as a way of coping with life's troubles, it's always best to sort of crack yourself open because it's, it's always surprising how much people can relate and support you. But at the same time, I'm often frustrated with the things that they won't discuss despite being on a television show. So for example, we can talk about addiction issues, but we're not allowed to to address the fact that Chloe clearly has a different father. So it's like, well, that's too personal and that's too private. But it's like, but you just talked about how you have a vaginal rash and cottage cheese just came out of your vagina and that your mother had an affair. But I'm somebody who always wondered about my own DNA. So it's like, 
Well, that is something that's a glaring issue and you're not addressing that. So that drives me crazy. And the last thing that drives me crazy is that we as women know how incredibly difficult it is to navigate self-esteem in your 20s and I'd say your early 30s. I mean, it never it's it never goes away, but those I think that's actually the teens, 20s, early 30s. It's really really difficult. And the way that they've transformed their bodies and some of their faces in the time since they started the show is really um, jarring sometimes. And I think I would be a little bit more comfortable if they were a little bit more honest about it, because I think that it sets a precedent for other women where they feel as if they need to look a certain way. And look, it's easy to say, but they're on television. But, you, you know, Kylie made a put out a tweet about, you know, some, something to the effect of, who even looks at Snapchat anymore? And that made a dramatic impact on Snapchat's business. So to say that they are not incredibly influential is, is terribly wrong. So when you have the influence that they do, which is enormous, I wish that they would be a little bit more aware of how in every episode they have perfect makeup. They don't have any lines in their face. And listen, I have, I'm pregnant with my fifth child. I will tell you that every child that you have, and I'm sure you agree with me, it, children rip the beauty from your face. So uh, it, I won't agree with you, Kate. Like, I mean, it does. But like children and life experience, it gives you lines in your face. And even yeah. the person, I live in Newport Beach, California, and I, I'm telling you, even the women that spend a ton of money on injectables and all that stuff, there's still lines on their face. It's physically impossible to be a 38-year-old woman and to not have lines on their face. So for women, young girls, to look at that and to compare themselves, I worry about that sometimes. Yeah, it, it is an impossible standard to – so I, I agree. That is what that is makes it hard. But um, I also think that – they have five more seasons at least, at least five more seasons. Mm-hmm. And I hope we get to the bottom of Chloe's dad. <laughs> I really, I mean, crap. and by the way, uh, it would be no big deal to me I, I, if they said, yeah, it's been a weird issue, but here it is. And they kind of cracked it right. open and talked about it. I think most people would go, okay, by the way, we understand because we've got a weird cousin that we don't think looks anything like anybody else. I mean, I look nothing right. like my sister. So it's, you know, every single family can relate to that. So I wish that if yes. they were to be honest, they would be honest about all things. I mean, they could even make it funny. Yeah, I think that they have the, like interesting and bizarre boundaries. And I think that that's like what makes it kind of, there's no, there isn't always like a lot of rhyme or reason. Like clearly Rob has been suffering from like something beyond just like, oh, he's a little depressed and he gained weight. Um, and we already know that they'll go to like great lengths to hide addiction, like they did with Lamar for a long time. And like, it's just a lot of space that remains like very kind of questionable. And then a lot of times you find out much later what it was about. I mean, they're even kind of weird about how much they're willing to talk about Scott's addiction yeah. problems. They also want to use them, but they won't really say what they are either. So it's they're weird when it comes to that stuff, and they're very classic enablers. Yes. Very codependent, too. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like if that might be one of the things I hate the most. That is that they, I think, really, really represent to me like the most archetypical enablers. Yeah, particularly to men. And that it's like it, you have these like powerful self-made women who then kind of tend to surround themselves with men who like suck their life force. And right, you like, know what? I totally agree. I totally agree. You have these really strong women and they all seem to be with duds in some way, except Chloe seems yeah. to be in a different sort of relationship. She had Lamar for a while, which was a disaster, but I don't know. She seems to be with somebody who's more of a, more of an equal. And perhaps I think that because she has kept that relationship somewhat private. Yeah. yeah. I think they're definitely learning slowly uh, or maybe not, but that it feels that way, that they're a lot more cautious with the, the men that they bring into their orbit now, as I'm sure those men are too, because they, I mean, it's pretty easy to see that once you like step in, it was like, what was it, James Harden, that basketball player who dated mm-hmm. Chloe was like, oh, it was like the worst nine months of my life. Right. Like being connected to that world and the show and the whole thing, you know, like, I don't like him. But... Yeah. I mean, he stinks, but yeah. <laughs> that beard smells terrible maybe, after a game. Maybe they don't talk about Rob because they feel like it's his story to tell at some point. But this is what I feel about Rob. I always say this. I choose to live in a parallel universe. And this is my universe where Rob graduated from law school, top of his class, and got married young. He married a girl, let's go with the name Brielle. He and Brielle had children early. And the girls look to him as almost like a father figure because he's so pulled together in his life. And so they go to him since their father's not alive anymore for life advice. And he has this successful marriage and he's successful in a career that's outside of, you know, the entertainment industry. Like he's a corporate real estate attorney or something. And that's the, that's the world I like to live in because I believe that something, (laughs) something he, he drove off the road at some point, but if he had stayed on that road, that's what would have happened. You know, what's really interesting about that theory, Kate, is that when I'm hearing it, what I'm almost hearing is if Rob didn't have such strong, powerful women who made him feel like a loser, he might have been something. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, mm-hmm. unless he gets to be, like, I don't think he handles women very well. Mm-hmm. I, I think with his sisters, he shuts down or, like, makes fun of them. But, like, he doesn't do a whole lot of feeling proud about them unless it's proud about them in relation to the men they're with. But, like, I think that's, you hit it. I think you, like, tapped into something that, like, the matriarchy makes men like Rob uh, sink to the bottom and it doesn't help like and it's really weird how like maybe I don't know a different type of man would take these women and like soar with them but he's not the kind of person that could do that or maybe even just without the father figure like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but it is an interesting uh, I I also too have a fantasy in which he finishes law school and marries just a normie. Yeah, we have we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I forget how that came up, but we were talking about like uh, alternate. Yeah, uh, what like, we want for Rob. Oh, because we were talking about do we think that there's a uh, like a phoenix rising from the ash? Yeah, like, like a comeback. A comeback for Rob, and we we're like, no, he has to be away from this. Yeah, there's no like in front of a camera comeback. Rob. Yeah, it's like he either steps away and tries to live a normal life, or this is what's up for a while. So, Kate, I have a question for you. So, mm-hmm. you are watching like 
80% of reality shows. All of the shows. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I correct? You are correct. Yep. So what, what is your, like, what's your top five? Ooh. Or even top three and tell me why. Top three. That's probably easier. Top three. Well, it's, well, it always changes, but I would say the ones that left it like a mark, I would say the number one was this show produced by Mike Fleiss. It was before he started The Bachelor, put him on the mark. It was called High School Reunion, and there were, like, four seasons of it, and they would take these graduates, like, ten years out, and they would have them live in a mansion in Hawaii for two weeks. It was, like, every archetype from high school. Like, the nerd, the cheerleader, the cool guy. And I loved to see that show because it really – it was just interesting to see who stayed the same, who changed, who was interested in who – who was a success? Who was a loser? Because I always say that I was this strange child who has always been very interested in people. I have this Savanchian quality where, like, I remember every detail about a person. It's like the Bill Clinton syndrome. It's like I remember everything like he in the same way he does. So I used wow. to s- sit on my mom's floor and look through her 1963 Radnor High School yearbook. And ask her about every person in her class. Well, what street did they live on? And what were their siblings' names? And what did their dad do? And what did their mom do? And what was their family like? And when they went to college, what did they study? And when they came back for reunion, what were they like? And I remember her telling me about Abby, this girl who was such, such a loser in high school. And she was really, really skinny. And she couldn't get a prom date. And then at the 10 years, she came back. And she was the Chantilly uh, perfume girl in Paris. And all the men lost their minds. They all were, like, killing themselves to talk to her. And she never forgot that no one would take her to the prom. And I just felt like like that is the sweetest revenge. So I love stories like that where you take people and put them back into a situation and see how their relationships change. And I've always liked the Real Housewives franchise. And sometimes I feel like in the last couple seasons of different franchises they've lost sense of this but I think what made them successful from the beginning was that the show really highlights the complexities of women and interpersonal communication um and and you know the classism like all the elements of like really interesting interpersonal communication within a group of women so I do like that there was a show that I watched with my husband when we were first dating, we took a trip to Hawaii and we were watching in a hotel room. And my husband is totally different than me. He watches war movies and runs a software company. But he got captivated by a show that we ca- caught on that vacation. It was called My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance. And it was the bartender <laughs> from Grey's Anatomy. And he played this really obnoxious fiance. And the producers had come to this really sweet girl from Colorado and said, your job is to convince your family that he is your fiance. And if you can do that in like a week, we will give you this lump sum of money. And the kicker was she thought that the guy was, you know, was going to go along with everything, but he was actually like planted by the producers to try to sabotage it for her. So he's really nice and sweet, but then her family shows up to the resort to meet her new fiance and they bring in his family, which are all actors. And it, the, it was so absolutely hilarious. So that's one of my favorites. And then the last one was a show called The Joe Schmo Show on Spike. And that was like 
I probably 20 years ago at this point, Kristen Wiig was on it. And they had all these people living in a mansion. And what Joe Schmo didn't know was that everybody else in the house was an actor. So, and it was like the most earnest, sweet person, but he didn't learn until the end that they were all actors. But I mean, the characters, I mean, Kristen Wiig played a therapist who had been married five times. I mean, it was just, and you guys would appreciate because you come from an improv background too, that the the people who were in the home did such a great job. Uh, so I recommend those. So high school reunion, I like Real Housewives, early seasons, my big fat obnoxious fiance and the Joe Schmo show. Those are fun. That I love that. That's just that's like a cool combo of deep cuts too. That yeah, make, I immediately want to go back and go watch. <laughs> um, well, if you're ready, we can jump right into this finale episode of season. 14. I know what an honor to get to have to do the finale and get to have such a special guest. It's a real treat. I'm so sad to hear that's the finale. I know. I know. That's the thing with the Kardashian. There's not like a lot of like, there's not going to be a big fight at like uh, a, a party at the end of every season, like on the Real Housewives. It just kind of is like, maybe you'll see some cute footage you haven't seen from their childhood, but that's right. it. Right. Yeah. This, yeah. This is- uh, not a climax. <laughs> yeah. So we have like kind of, it's broken down into like we have the girls are going on a trip to San Francisco. Um, you know, we're worried about is Kim not bonding with her baby because she has a surrogate, Chloe's uh, gender reveal, and then a little a little nod to Scott and Courtney. Yeah, there was like a little extra fourth storyline. Yeah, and kind of like I didn't know where to put it in my notes, so I was like, I, I just tacked it on to Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what this one was. Boundary issues with Scott. Yeah, so they kind of oh, tried right. to weave it in Courtney's distraction, and then mm-hmm. I felt like they were like, well, we got to resolve it. Yeah. Or something. Um, yeah. Well, where should we start? Um, well. This cold open, the only thing notable about this cold open where they're talking about the Chappelle show yeah. and name dropping is when you see the three shot with Chloe, Chris, and Kim, Yeah, it is so glow. It's so glowy because they only shoot Chris with a soft lens. I love Chris's mm-hmm. forever lighting. Wherever <laughs> she goes, beautifully lit woman world. Anyway, to have that how we would look. I mean, it looks really crazy on Kim, though, because a flawless person. Right? Uh, no, this, this whole, I love this uh, cold open, because I also love, um, and I feel like you'll appreciate this, I love Kanye's uh, affinity for comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. he, he, like, how he puts, like, Will Ferrell samples on his albums and stuff, and, like, I love, I would do anything to watch Kanye at a comedy show. Like, yes. laughing hard. Yeah, like, really cutting loose and laughing. He's a big fan. Um, yeah, then we have the, then I guess they're going, so we have this, we go into this, like, kind of chronologically to go into this idea that um, uh, we're going to find out about the gender of this baby. Right. Um, and Kim does this thing again, and you can probably speak to this, Kate. Kim is constantly scaring Chloe yeah. with mom things, <laughs> with, like, pregnancy issues, mom issues. She's constantly trying to, like, drive fear into Chloe. I think it's this. I don't have a degree in psychology, but I like to say I have a degree in armchair psychology. Number one, she feels tremendous guilt because she can't carry her third child. So she's trying to 
to remind people all the time how difficult her pregnancies yeah. were to justify the fact that she's having a surrogate. And you know what? I don't blame her for using a surrogate. I'm not judging her. I never have. You want to grow your family and you have health issues. Who can't back you up? I've had friends that have used surrogates. So I think that's her insecurity about using a surrogate. So she needs to remind that on camera. And also, I do think that she likes to remind everybody that she is like the most knowledgeable all the time. One thing that I always have not liked about the Kim Chloe relationship, I've never gotten past is that she had often, she often said in the first couple seasons that when her father was passing away, that he had said to her, I don't worry about you, Kim, make sure you take care of Chloe. And the irony is, I think Chloe's probably the most, she's probably the strongest out of all of them, the most resilient, and I think that that really cut Chloe to the core for a couple of seasons. Like, why would you keep saying that? First of all, we don't even know if it's true. Uh, but if it was true, why do you have to tell people? Like, why can't you keep that to yourself? I would never want to repeat that. That's hurtful. Um, so I always feel like she still wants to remind everyone that she's sort of like this the alpha sister. So I think it's a bit of that. Insecurity about the surrogacy and reminding Chloe that she is more knowledgeable about every aspect of life. That's very, very insightful. I, yeah. I haven't thought of it like that, but like it all rings very true hearing you say that. Yeah, 100%. And I think even in the episode cut to when talking about the surrogate and it's like kind of random coincidence that they both have to sound like a similar placenta issue, that they even cut to the footage. Yeah. Like, almost like they are visually reminding like yeah she has gone through a lot her pregnancies have been very hard on her and they have been yes but it is like yeah maybe baked into the storyline a little bit more because it does feel like very pronounced how much she's like it's gonna be so bad it's so nasty get ready by the way it's not I'm currently pregnant with my fifth child it's not that bad like dial it down I also didn't like it Outside of the show, that I didn't like it that the surrogate had the baby, and then three days later she keeps posting pictures of her in like a bikini or I don't know why. I don't know if anybody would agree with me, but it was almost disrespectful to the surrogate, in my opinion. Like, oh, interesting. I don't. Another woman gave you this incredible gift of giving birth to your child, and I would think that the, there would be some sort of even just a post with like, you know, words or something about gratitude, but it seemed a little bit, um, it little seemed a little off to be posting pictures of you, of yourself in a bikini. It seemed odd to me. It's interesting too. Cause I, I mean, I think it is like the timeline of it does seem weird, but it feels like Kim has like an Instagram personality and then the rest of the, and then like her reality TV personality. Yeah. And so like, I feel like it feels very on brand for her social media personality to be like, this is what I'm selling you. This is why I did this. Like I, this is the thing that I got from this and it's vain and it can feel shallow, but it is her. I mean, I think she's been kind of progressively pushing this like visual narrative of like a very, physically like her she's a mom and she wants you to know it and her body is also a big part of the conversation yeah you know like it's just like I feel like it's 
an agenda, you know? Yeah, this idea people like, are posting like mom of three and it's like okay, I guess. Right. Like, uh, I don't like I she mean feels like she's it she's like looking almost to court that conversation yeah. in a certain sense. Right. So we we learn that the that they have this like shared placenta situation. Um, and then the next scene is Court, yeah, Courtney's worried that like she's not uh, relating to pregnancy, so she goes to Bye Bye Baby, which feels insane of them to ever walk in a Bye Bye Baby. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. What would they ever buy at a Bye Bye Baby? Like, <laughs> I just don't, it didn't track for me. Yeah, and I think it was all the setup that we hear that Kim does not want to have a baby shower, which we know from paparazzi photos and stuff, she did end up having. And she sort of never does. Like, this is not the first time we've heard her. Like, she didn't want one with Sam. Yeah, but, yeah. And then it kind of culminates in, like, this meet. We finally get to meet the surrogate. Yes, Lorena. Lorena. And I was, uh, I was... I kept thinking, are they going to show her? No, they filmed it in such a like specific. They showed way. enough of her where we could figure it out. But, yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, it was really nice to meet the surrogate because I felt that she was so kind and sweet, and like yeah. I understood her part in it. Well, also, I suspect that she was a military wife. I know from I had a former client that was an, um, a, a fertility lawyer, and then I've had friends that have used surrogates that a lot of military wives become surrogates because Lord knows Ooh. they don't have a lot of income and, and uh, you want a surrogate that's already had a child. So I would have liked to have, you know, it, I totally understand protecting her identity, but they could say, you know, we're enormously grateful to Lorena because she's given us this incredible gift, but you should also know that she's a mother and she is also a military spouse. And we should all remember the enormous sacrifice these families make. And that would have been even a more powerful message. Yeah, that's such an interesting insight. That, yeah, that's really, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That, that was a common thing for military wives. Yeah. Um, I was really struck in the scene, the, in the scene where Chloe and Kylie are talking to Lorraine. Yes. And I just had this like... Those three wombs right there, like, it just made me feel like, I don't know, I thought that was a very magical moment. I was like, oh, it's a baby. It's a meeting. It's a very, it was like a real thrill of like for, to, to, you know, we know that all these pregnancies are going on simultaneously. Uh, and I think there's something really thrilling about realizing like, oh my God, these sisters are all having children at the same time. They like, we get to see like, obviously like Penelope and Rain and all the kids uh, that are out of the womb. Um, hanging out and like being so close and living their lives and growing up together. And I think it was this realization for me where I was like, here comes the next group, you yeah. know, like they're coming right around the bend. And yeah, to get to see like the two pregnant sisters together, like, and also having Lorena there being part of and that. And wasn't you know? the first time we've seen Kylie pregnant on the show? That I remember. I, yeah. I, I and no memory of seeing, I wrote it down in my notes as like, oh my God, first time Kylie yeah. pregnant on camera. Um, and then they had that really interesting Q and A basically with her, uh, which was like kind of an intense setup, I thought. But also like it was really, I thought they like provided. There's so much, um, there's so many questions I think to lots of people, to lots of people about surrogacy, and it was in the ways of the show like to kind of like open up a conversation in a platform. I felt like they were, it was very intentional to basically answer what were probably many people's questions about how surrogacy works. You know, like, how does the, what is the went after birth like? Like, are you sad? Like, it's yeah. just like flat out like, so it was 
pressing, you know, and like kind of just ask it in that really like basic way yeah. of like, what is this like? And getting to hear uh, a first person response, and obviously it like varies from I'm sure every surrogate to surrogate, but um, I thought it was fascinating. I was like, I really thought that was like a very cool and interesting thing. Well, it's certainly a modern conversation. I mean, fam- yeah. baby, I, babies come in all different ways now. And I like that they've been open about fertility issues because I think that there's a large segment of women that appreciates them being open about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that she was really open about this. I suspect part of it was because she was pushed because there were questions about whether or not she was doing this for vanity reasons. And had she not been open about her pregnancies before about the health risks um i think it pro- people would probably be confused by it but she's always been pretty open about her fertility so i am somebody who loves babies so you know to see them all there you know with this like new round of children being born that i mean i love stuff like that yeah i mean the babies rain rain june is my favorite yeah <laughs> love rain so much and i love the part in the show where i don't know why but he's a, i guess coco uh or chloe must have seen me bless you coco as he walked out of the room i love him um all right so i guess we jump to san francisco uh, they're playing right there i thought they were giving some major shade to that pilot by including the bumpy takeoff <laughs> yeah. in their I like seeing them because we do only see them looking like so glamorous and gorgeous in private jet. And I love them getting like tossed around unconsciously. <laughs> and then we know that we have to come back early because of Eunice. Yeah. Um, I, in this episode, did anyone else get the feeling that Courtney likes Eunice more than Eunice likes Courtney? Oh, interesting. I mean, it was definitely the most like, this was the episode where I felt like she was the most clearly in the throat. You know, yeah. like, by, yeah, picking him up at the airport, and even when we can hear her in the car, the way she says in that, like, breathy voice that they make fun of her for, where she's like, sleep good, baby, and, yeah. like, hangs with the phone, and I was like, damn! And then later, the pretty little thing uh, yes. uh, launch uh, party, she's, like, starry-eyed. Yeah, and she, like, is, like, trying to, like, eat his lips. Yeah! This is her, he backs off first. Yep. And I was like, God, I think she might like him more than he likes her. <laughs> Uh, well, we definitely get that kind of like woven into this storyline, and we because we basically we get we learn first of all they like we lay the kind of groundwork for this thing of Scott and the boundary issues that we'll deal with later uh, that he's like wandering into the house, wandering into her house basically. <laughs> he's drunk. Yeah. Right. No, he doesn't know where he is. Do you see my sunglasses? <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta leave the gate today and then they get up to the fairmont oh my gosh i'm so beautiful and i thought of you because it we get really ghosty yeah they really they put they said the hotel is on it but it really was upsetting that it did not pay off in any ghost hunting <laughs> i'm sure chloe would have ghost hunted if yeah. if i were chloe's sister and maybe i am um <laughs> i think we would have ghost hunted and i also love how that uh Fairmont historian put Marilyn Monroe on blast like he did. Yeah, wow, really outing her. Yeah, <laughs> like you sneak in and you know, get right at JFK. I love that. I love that whole hotel. I love a classic 
uh, three sisters trip. Yeah. So we like my that's probably my favorite storyline on the show. Yeah, they always have to bicker about who's looking at their phone too much, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna get to some fun. I kept thinking, uh, yeah. what would it be like if they had to live in a city? Like, if they had to live in a building like that, like in New York City, the doorman, uh, like, could it, would they be capable of living? Could Courtney live in a city? Instead of her sprawling Calabasas yeah. mansion? I think they could do it for more than three months at a time now. They almost seem out of place in, like, that setting, you know? Like yeah. they, I'm so only used to them, like, relaxing on like outdoor shade lounges by like an Olympic sized pool in their like huge gigantic airy white houses. It's like, I can't really see them in like narrow hallways and like, you know, like I just don't feel like they're designed for it. You know, I I always say I like San Francisco, but it is like a New York with too many hills. (laughs) I don't understand how they could do it with the shoes they wear. (laughs) It would be very hard. And also, I've thought about this a lot lately in the last couple months is, you know, people always say, or at least they say on the show, or they make it seem like it's impossible for them to navigate through life without being, you know, their picture taken and people bothering them. And it's impossible to have a normal life. Then you take into account the way that Kylie was able to stay out of the public eye for months and months. It's a choice. It's possible for them. So, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more episodes where they're forced to be around other people and do situations that are more typical of a normal person versus getting tours of the Fairmont into penthouses that no one will ever see and being driven in like chauffeured cars but maybe you know going to a restaurant in the middle of a city and then taking your kids to the local park i have to believe that it is possible in some way i just wonder if those days are over ever since the robbery i don't know because we've talked about before that particularly post-robbery like the amount of scenes in a regular episode that now just take place inside of their houses like the bulk of shooting I would say 80%, 70% yeah. of the shows and now is like inside one or all of their houses and that it's like, that's the primary set, basically. And that's not really how it was before. Like they're, they were out and about and they were in the city and they were going to events and stuff. And it's like, that has just become like... But is that, so be, is, that a, is that all because of security or is it all, or is it partly because of aesthetics? You know, they live in these very white homes and the camera would, it's a better look when it's more consistent and it's in a white lit yeah. home. So they're like cold and everything like, for, I bet the whole production is so much happier to deal with their houses. Oh yeah. But it is, and like, it, there's a lot of story. And life. I think they do like multiple setups in a day. So they'll like be like, let's work on this storyline and let's finish up the They'll round out their stories. Like they, 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 they book in their stories in the house. And they, so. they literally all have glam rooms. So it functions like essentially a studio, right? Because yeah. like, they're probably easy to light because they have huge high ceilings. And then, yeah, they go to their closets, they change, they have their glam change, and they can like literally shoot it out like it's a TV set. They did say something in the San Francisco hotel where someone was looking for something, and Chloe said, well, it's probably in the glam room. And when she says like stuff like that, you get sh- it's like shaking you back into reality that they've probably blocked out nine rooms for their themselves, their makeup team, the time that goes into putting all their looks together, and it, it, it it's shocking when you really put that into perspective. 
Also, that scene where Courtney's running around frantic, I've never I've never seen frantic Courtney before. Oh, and she, like, messed up her shirt? She's, yeah, they're yeah. like, because you're on your phone. But, like, I literally haven't seen, I've, I've never seen a frantic Courtney. She's normally so cool. And she wasn't. She was not. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like, it, it is, like, yeah, they go on this trip, and they're so isolated. Like, even their Alcatraz trip it was, is so, it was at night. At night alone. It was just them on a boat, them at Alcatraz with the guy, like, it's so cool, like private tours. I mean, I was like, that's exactly what I would like because I don't want to deal with people either. Of course. But <laughs> it was very weird. They got a whole island to themselves. Yes. They got to, like, rent out Alcatraz. Also, do those editors hate Courtney or what? They put her on blast with that. Can we not film while I'm on the phone? No. That's, tr- that's not a normal thing. That's not meant to be it. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, but, yeah, it is funny because it's like, but you understand, like, if you imagine that then, like, it's just the three of them and a bunch of camera people and producers that aren't talking to them, and they're, like, completely isolated. There's no one else there. It's like, and then if they are on their phones, no wonder you go crazy, you know? Yes. Like, just you and your two sisters who, like, I think about how annoyed and how easily annoyed I can ever get with, like, any family member. And right. It's like, if they are being, like, irritating and on their phones, you just are, like, there's nobody else there, you yes. know? It's so, it's, like, very interesting what a bubble they, like, end up, their whole days and, and lives are. Uh, but, yeah, then we get this, like, Alcatraz tour, which was, uh, this is, like, a very historically-minded uh, episode. Yeah, I, I really do like that the one, the one moment they're screaming that each other are whores. Okay, you fucking pregnant whore. You pregnant whore. <laughs> Last time I was in Costa Rica, I looked crazy, uh, Chloe's screaming. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, ooh, cute, take a picture here. Like, oh my they God. get over it so fast. They do. They've been fighting for a long, long they, time. I, I would never be able to call my sister a whore mm-hmm. and then us have a fun time 10 minutes later. Is there no, a I definitely could do that with my sister. I definitely could. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get this kind of storyline about how uh, Courtney is like, just on the phone, being really yeah, like distracted. It's pretty boring. And I, I thought because I was just like, well, you always you trade no, off no news. There's no news. That is like the most like clear fact. But they got over it so fast. Yeah. So and then we just get like honestly a very cool tour of Alcatraz. I think an Alcatraz tour, and I did not know there was like a dungeon. No, and then like yeah, fun tour of Alcatraz. Then they were at the Yang King the next day. Oh, Yang Sing. It's the uh, Yang Sing is like. Oh, a, sorry. No, it, I only was because I was very excited because that's where I get to film. I was like, I swear I've been there yes. before. Yes, we. I'm sure you've been because whenever we go for Sketchfest, it's where like lots of people go. But I noted in the scene that there, Chloe's doing the Snapchat filter, and I was like, wow. When you see the Snapchat filter versus the real camera, like, it's a big difference. Yeah. Rough. And Rough. Our, awesome. And our friend of the show, Mariah Smith, wrote in her uh, Keeping Up with the Continuity errors. she wrote, the following morning, the Kardashians and their production team continue to try and come for my uh, hashtag K-U-W-T-K-E wig by showing Chloe's Snapchat and Chloe's talking of and taking of the actual Snapchat. Yes. This is a form of cyberbullying, but I will persist. Because <laughs> that's how uh, uh, Mariah does her recaps. Is she, I think, screen grabs Snapchats on the dates that they're happening. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love it. 
very I think smart. they're very aware of her doing that. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that they haven't because it's not like a minor publication and it's I the mean, only she person doing it. Literally spoken to Kim and Chloe about it. So yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It just it ended up being a nice trip. Yeah, uh, they ended in a good place as they always do. Yes, and it even had a recap about how they did end in a good place. Yeah, it was like thank you, thank you. And yeah, Courtney's it. like yeah, we had a lot of fun. Courtney's the worst member of the cast. I mean, she's pretty unlikable in general these days. I used to love I Courtney know. so much. Maybe Eunice is not good for her. Well, just for her appeal. I don't know if Eunice is going to be around much longer. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then we get back, and then we have this sort of we kind of storyline. The gender reveal. Oh yeah, that's what it is, right? But so we 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 get back to the Chloe's gonna find out the sex of her baby, and I don't understand why Kylie wanted to, other than like yeah, this made no sense to me. Maybe they were using the same doctor, and like I don't know, it doesn't make sense that a doctor would release medical information about someone. Your sister. That made that made no sense. That made no sense to me. I think I missed something. I was like, oh, this is connected to some, like, old I mean, bit or bet. Or Chloe even essentially said, yeah, she wants to feel involved. <laughs> so, Otto, you're having a baby. Why do you need to be managing? Why do you have to be the control through which their baby? I, I just was know. so confused by it. And then she finds out that I'm so interested to hear your thoughts on this, Kate. So, when we find out that Chloe's having a baby girl, she immediately... Has is so upset yes, about she's it. Not happy. She visibly. She had the stinkiest face about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was very. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I, I suspected it was part of it. Is like this is her first baby, and that you know the other two girls are having girls as well. And before her, it took a little bit of the enjoyment from her about it being like this unique pregnancy. And I'm sure. I'm sure that having her her boyfriend say how much he wanted a boy. I mean, that's a little bit pressure. I can say this because my, I did my own gender reveal this week and my son really, really, really wanted a sister. And so it's my fifth baby and they, so we, my husband hit this tennis ball and the pink powder came out and my son started to cry. And then I started to cry because I felt so bad for him. So I'm really, um, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel any, um, I feel empathy for women in that situation, because sometimes your brain, you know, you, you've come up with something in your head. And then when, when you're told it's something different, sometimes it takes you a minute to wrap your brain around it. So I didn't like judge her at all. I thought that was a really honest, probably an honest reaction. Yeah. I was thinking about it too. And I was like, well, I think part of it is in their like family, she wants, like she's really close with Rob. Yeah, she wanted an older brother herself, and like I don't, I think she kind of worries that if she has a bunch of girls, it'll be the same fishy little trio that she's a part of. Yeah, and that maybe she like wants, like she would like boys. But I got good news for her. Her daughter already has a big brother because Tristan has a baby no one ever talks about, and it's a boy. <laughs> only a year old so she's in luck it'll work out just how Chloe wanted yeah she just never acknowledged that that baby literally already has a, a big brother right <laughs> and so that's why I'm like I don't think Tristan actually Tristan got his boy yeah he's fine yeah, yeah. He, I think commenters were like already uh calling that because it was just like wait a minute this is not <laughs> just had a baby last summer we can't put stakes on that yeah <laughs> 
but yeah. Then, but then when we saw the Tristan reveal, she got excited. It was so cute. Was really cute. And I felt that, too, that she was like, you know, it just takes you a while. Like you were just saying, Kate, that it takes a while to come around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, like she was saying in that moment, like, it's like, I'm sure, obviously, Kate, you know this, and we don't, like, you, there's this feeling. Like, you have the feeling in your own body of what's, like, happening and, and envisioning it, and it must just be, like, yeah, it's a totally... It's one of two genders, you know? And it's like to suddenly be like, oh, it's the other one. It's different. I really hope that she's happy because he seems like a really nice person. I can't say the same about other people they've dated, but I don't know. It seems like they have a really nice relationship. I wrote the same thing. I, I think that right now he seems a lot nicer than her. Yes. I mean, she's nice to him, but, like, she's been a real – she's been a real – a cocoa beast lately, but well, I gotta say, I mean, I don't know, Kate, your thought on this, but like this thing of like having the baby in Cleveland and like it must this must be really stressful to be like shooting the show and like, like being, she was in Japan this you know week. What? I don't yeah. like. I actually was very surprised that people reacted to that. Um, I, I I'm the kind of person that just does shit right up to the end, so. I, you know, she has a private jet at her disposal. I mean, she's not a normal person. She probably has, like, a nurse that's traveling with her. I, I mean, come on, it's her first baby. She's not a complete idiot. She's she's no dumb-dumb. She's going to have she's gonna have some sort of setup. She, that baby will be fine. Yeah, that's true. All these babies have more money than any, like, than small countries so full of babies have. So they're fine. And then I guess, like, we round up the episode with a little... Chat with old Scott Disick oh, about Scott boundaries. Disick. He's not out of the picture yet. I mean, it really seems pretty unimportant. And the only reason we're having it is because Courtney is really making space for Eunice. Yeah, it was definitely to let us know that Eunice is like that plus the party scene. Like, yeah, it was all about like, this is serious now. And it, I want it to be clearly frank. And Scott was like, that's fine. Don't hug me anymore. Uh, what an idiot. Uh, also, um, let's not forget where he mentioned that he just went over to Chris's house and crawled in her bed with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't with these two boundaries. Yeah, like the idea in a conversation about boundaries, and he's like, I totally get it. And it's totally like bookended by like, yes, I crawled in your mother's bed when I went over to hang out with her. And I was like, I don't understand this. I always get the sense that he's just like wading through life. He's, I, I think that he like plays up his personality for the cameras, but I mean, what I've heard about their filming is that. It's like murder trying to ask him to participate in any way. And then he shows up and he's a jerk to everybody. And then he films and he leaves. I think they do that just to keep like tabs on him, just to include him in filming. But I just get so frustrated with him. It's like, how hard is your life? You don't work at an office. You have more money than you have to spend. You have great kids. You have like this enormous family that's, you know, will do anything for you. I mean, is your life really that hard? Have you ever like had to graduate from a co- from college and pay your own bills? Like your life's not that hard. Um, I'm kind of disappointed it's over. I-, I would like to follow Chloe into, you know, the hospital, see her give birth. I think it's great that she's going to Cleveland, uh, that she's putting her relationship before the needs of production. <laughs> you know, I think that's great. Um, she just sort of, is, goes to the beat of her own drum. Uh, I think it is fascinating that Kylie was able to keep her pregnancy so separate and 
she was able to, and I suspect part of that was because she did that dumb show that I know you guys reviewed and I love to hear your recaps of uh, the life of Kylie because that was such a garbage show. So I think she got such uh, bad feedback for that. She thought maybe, and the fact that she was like a teenager pregnant. Um, I, I, so I don't really care that much about her baby because I'm just not that invested, but I'm personally invested in Chloe's relationship. I'd like to see the baby. I want to see the delivery. Um, I do like to see the kids, but I, I'm like enough of North. I would like to see more of Saint because I never get to see him. I'd like to see Saint and Rain hang out. And yeah. I'd like to see them interact with the new babies. Mm. I want to see some of that Chicago too. Yeah. Oh my God. Give me Chicago. That yeah. baby. I think that's what we're going to, I think we'll get a lot more of that in season 15. So I think yeah. your wish will be granted. I hope that I hope that Kim has another baby. I think she's probably really emulates her mom the way she's had all those kids. Listen, maybe it's just because I I'm, I'm pushing everybody in the world to have more children myself. But I think um, <laughs> it would be more fun if they all had more kids. I mean, she wants more, so I I think that's another. You're gonna get a lot of wishes fulfilled. Yeah, they all do. <laughs> I mean, Courtney was talking about that was the whole last episode. They want so many kids, and good, have them all. They're beautiful. Yeah, God, they really. Are. Um, Kate, this has been so much fun to talk with you. Yes, this was so fun to go through. It really flew by. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. I love a challenge. We love it. We love it. Uh, Kate, tell our listeners where they can find you. So you can find my podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, anywhere where you can find podcasts. I've got a Facebook group for my podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, and we go deep diving on reality shows all week long. Um. It's really funny. And you know what I can say is that the people are really all really smart and funny and they're not hateful, just gross people. You know, sometimes the groups where you're like, oh, my God, that person probably should get some medication. They're like people who have like jobs that are as varied as like nurses and, you know, physical therapists to teachers and so I like it because it's their observations about the shows that we all watch. And then you can also go to my website, loveandknuckles.com, and I write recaps of television shows throughout the week, including Real Housewives, The Bachelor, Vanderpump Rules, etc. And I also write a lot about pregnancy and parenting and wandering through life with dysfunctional parents. So check that out. You can find me on Twitter, at KKC. I like to tweet during shows. And you can find me on Instagram at Casey, Kate Casey CA. And if you haven't seen my Instagram, you will see that I imitate celebrity outfits, including many Kim Kardashian outfits. Tell everybody where they can track you down. Yes, you can find Kardashianist on any place where you listen to podcasts. We have a Facebook group, uh, a Twitter, uh, Instagram, all Kardashianist uh, or Kardashian Pod. Um, we don't do any other homework. We're too lazy. Yeah, this is the best we got. Yeah, this is the best we got. We just do the podcast. Um, <laughs> Kardashian, and that's three words. Uh, um, yeah. Anything else, Jeff? No. I think that's it. And then I'm Mark you know, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm Marcy Lane, too, on Instagram. And you're JJJLA on all the all social things. And one of the things I have to say I really enjoy about your podcast is that you're really thoughtful women who have – Great, great sense of humor, obviously, with your comedic backgrounds, but you're really um, just well-spoken, educated, thoughtful, 
insightful women. And I get a real kick out of your observations because you come from a place of uh, curiosity that I enjoy and respect. Okay, thank you. The same goes for you. Yeah, I'm so, uh, I love hearing you with your armchair psychology, the sound of like actual psychology. And I love the type of guests, like you're not just talking to people watching the shows, you're talking to people creating the shows, cast members. So like, we can only hope to one day get a Tom Sandoval. Oh my God. He's so nice. He's really nice. He's really nice. Oh. Uh, you know, one of, one of my most favorite interviews is with Jonathan Murray, who created Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Real World. But Bun and Murray. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Stories. I can't, you got to listen to that. That's amazing. Well, we're in awe of you. This was a real meeting of the mind. Yes. Thank uh, you. For- <laughs> Thank you. Um, BFFs. <laughs> yay. Yay. To do whatever show you dig up for us. Yeah. Uh, hopefully sooner than later. And in the meantime, thank you so much, Kate. This was really fun. Thank you. Poder Poder and Family Forever. Podcast Women <laughs> Take Over the World. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Row's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash wondery, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Wondery to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Wondery. The amazing Kate Casey. I want to thank my guests, Marcy and Jessica from Cardishnet Podcast. Please check out their podcast for more. Remember, you can go to my website, loveandknuckles.com to read my recaps of television shows and all the pieces I've written about parenting, pregnancy, and other crazy life anecdotes. You have to go to the Facebook page for my podcast. You want to join this group of people who are all hilarious, incredibly insightful, and several of them probably could have had jobs working for the FBI. So it's Reality Life with Kate Casey in the search button on Facebook. 
You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. I love to tweet during shows and about shows throughout the week. You can find me on Instagram at, at Kate Casey CA. I'm wishing you guys a great week. I've got a bunch of interviews that I'm doing this week, so stay tuned for awesome new upcoming episodes. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.